Welcome to The Excellent Fiduciary, a podcast from Roland Chris, where we explore what it takes to meet and exceed the demands of managing an employee benefit plan in today's complex market. From regulatory developments to fiduciary news and practical tips, tune in to The Excellent Fiduciary for your step-by-step guide in achieving compliance and confidence in a new fiduciary era. Now let's begin today's show with an introduction from our Roland Chris host. Hi, I'm Ron Hagen, Chairman of the Risk Standards Committee at Roland Chris. Welcome to today's episode of the Excellent Fiduciary Podcast. Well, as a risk advisor to employers that sponsor employee benefit plans, specifically retirement plans qualified under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, Roland Chris focuses on management processes. We are not investment advisors. Yet some of the most significant process deficiencies that we find in the retirement plan community fall under the investment discipline. We frequently find committees that oversee pension and retirement plans spend a significant amount of time during their meetings discussing the investment returns of mutual funds and other investment options in the plan's lineup. While investment returns are vital and should be evaluated, Investment fiduciary failures are nearly always triggered by gaps in a committee's decision-making process. Executives who serve on those committees rely on the protection the law offers for those who can show they manage investment decision using what the Employee Retirement Income Security Act calls a prudent process. Scores of fiduciary breach lawsuits filed over the last several years focus their allegations on the defendants, that's the employers, failures to follow such a process. Well, a new trend is unfolding, though, and it's going to challenge enterprises to show uh, that show weakness in their management methods, and they're going to be somewhat under the gun to keep pace. And here's what I mean. Recent cases go beyond the issue of process and strike directly at the performance of specific investment options offered by the retirement plans. Uh, for example, participants in a retirement plan sponsored by United Healthcare filed a class action claiming a breach of fiduciary duty by the plan's fiduciaries due to poor investment returns in the plan's target date funds, or what I'll call the TDFs. The lawsuit contends that the fiduciary should have removed the TDFs after the five-year track record revealed subpar performance against similar funds. That claim seems to rest on examining five-year average returns of the target date funds in the plan compared to specific indexes that measure fund performance of other target date funds. In this example, the complaint looks at the 2040 target retirement date fund of various investment providers and provides uh, comparisons on the investment results over the previous five years. The plaintiffs argue that the United Healthcare target date funds should have been removed from the plan after poor performance over the initial five-year period. They claim that a prudent fiduciary should consider the removal of investment options which on average, underperform their benchmarks or peer universe over a rolling three- or five-year period. 
Well, this litigation approach uses the same type of analysis that has been pretty successful in the cases about record-keeping fees and share classes for investment options. And uh, the, the idea there is just look at the numbers. Well, in the United Healthcare case, the plaintiffs allege that a breach of fiduciary duty occurred because the target date funds performed significantly worse than most what it calls peer funds over the last several years in terms of growth. However, this very simple quantitative analysis is far from adequate when target date fund performance is measured. That's because assessing the investment performance of target date funds is a lot more complicated than meets the eye. Apples to apples comparisons of target date funds are difficult to make, and the devil is really in the details. For example, some funds manage the participants' assets to an expected retirement date, and after that time, the fund's asset allocation might not undergo any further changes. Meanwhile, other funds manage the assets through an expected retirement date, and it's only after that time that the fund's asset allocation might become more conservative and stable, and expected retirement dates can vary also. So target date funds typically have glide paths for de-risking investments as the planned participant ages. A more conservative de-risking approach, that means less equity in the, in the portfolio, should result in lower overall investment returns than other funds with a more aggressive approach for investing, that is to say with more equity. However, a lower investment return would not necessarily mean that the fund is managed or mismanaged since the returns for each fund ought to be commensurate with the risk. So simply comparing investment returns between target date funds does not tell the whole story. The United Healthcare lawsuit points to another overlooked and critically important aspect of fiduciary law when the basis of a plaintiff's allegations rely on investment result numbers. Investing is not a simple endeavor, and there never will be a clear-cut approach to the right thing to do. So, the law generally requires that a fiduciary engages in a thorough decision-making process before making any investment decision. And if the fiduciary does so, the fiduciary might not have violated their duty simply because the outcome of that decision is less than perfect. Well, my point for drilling into the operation of target date funds is to illustrate the expanding investment risk for retirement plan fiduciaries, and it raises a troubling question. Has a new avenue open for plan participants to obtain compensation from their retirement plans? The outcome of the United Healthcare case will likely establish a precedent on which future litigation will turn. And its plaintiffs attempt at bypassing ERISA's prudent process concept and may have far-reaching consequences for employers and members of fiduciary committees. So how should investment and retirement plan committee members then respond? Well, an ancient proverb spoken in today's vernacular says, a prudent person sees trouble company coming and ducks, a simpleton walks in blindly and is clobbered. Well, the signs point to TDFs as a target ripe for litigation by disappointed retirement plan participants. All organizations now feel the impact of the wave of legal action that's sweeping the employee benefit plan community because the pace of litigation 
and expensive out-of-court settlements have made insurance underwriters for fiduciary liability coverage demand evidence of increased care from employers when making their insurance contract renewal and premium pricing decisions. So now's the time to act. Well, before we conclude today's podcast, I wanted to give you four practical tips Uh, And those can be, uh, I think, best used by executives who serve as primary fiduciaries on ERISA-defined contribution plans. First of all, be sure investment monitoring procedures embrace TDFs. Embrace TDFs. Specifically, know the target date funds glide path and asset allocation methodologies. Contact the investment professionals, that is the money managers who run the TDFs, if you're unsure about those issues. Secondly, document the review process thoroughly. Apply the same diligence to the entire investment lineup that you would apply to the target date fund analysis. And then fourthly, annually obtain an investment risk assessment from an ERISA risk management expert. Well, thank you for joining me today. Please contact me with any questions about today's topic at excellentfiduciary at rolandchris.com. Excellent fiduciary is all one word. And you may go to our website at rolandchris.com for more resources about the role and duties of fiduciaries who serve employee benefit plans qualified under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. Well, join us next time. And until then, have a great day.